0: Welcome to the Other Side of Potential podcast, hosted by Dr. Sharon Spano. Each weekly episode takes a deep dive into how successful family business leaders maneuver the unique dynamics between family and business. How do they align to face complex business challenges? How do they build and project generational wealth? In what ways do they pursue a lasting legacy? Join Sharon as she explores how these leaders adapt and respond to the complexity of life and business in our ever-changing world.
1: Good morning and welcome to The Other Side of Potential. I'm going to do a solo cast today. we will be very brief, but I wanted to discuss with you a few things that have been coming up that I think are relative to what many of you are going through in your business and in your life, and that is... Something that I've touched on before, but I want to talk about it maybe a little different way, and that is this whole idea of collective trauma, because we are in the middle of collective trauma as a result of COVID and the lingering effects of COVID that we're all still struggling with. And I'm, again, finding myself confronted at least three times a week with people who are experiencing anxiety attacks and things of that nature as a result of the collective trauma. So I've decided to go into it a little bit deeper, and particularly because I did something this past weekend around September 11th. I know we were all honoring those who were lost in the 20th anniversary, and that brought up a lot of things around the whole idea of collective trauma and what it really means. And there really is a movement, if you will, a great many thought leaders in my field and and beyond who are addressing what is it going to take for us to heal from collective trauma. So let's start with really a definition of what is trauma, because we've talked about it, I believe, at an individual level, but then what does it look like on a grander scale? And really, we're talking about the definition as a traumatic event which is an experience that causes physical, emotional, or psychological distress or harm. And the event is perceived and experienced as a threat to one's safety or to the stability of one's world. So, certainly, we saw that at 9 11. We've had just more examples of this type of event occurring in the past 20 years than I can even enumerate. And every time one of these events happens, whether it's on an individual or a grander scale, it has a rippling effect. So, when we talk about collective trauma, Again, it impacts us as a whole, and there never really, truly never, ever has there been a more obvious example because we are affected for the first time in history on a global level. Yes, there have been the Spanish flu and other things, but I don't believe that anyone would disagree that this is at a far grander scale where literally every human being is affected by the rippling effects of the pandemic. So when we talk about collective trauma, it's a cumulative experience. It's often passed on intergenerationally. We certainly see that from the effects of World War II and the ramifications of all of that through the generations. And it essentially seeps across communities, regions, nations, and society at large. And these are the words that come directly. You've heard me talk before about Thomas Hubel, who is an expert on collective trauma. And this comes directly from his latest work on the healing collective trauma. So, I was looking then in preparation for the event that I was involved in this past Saturday at the cumulative effects of the deadliest events in U.S. history. And we looked at the top 10, and it's quite amazing going back to the American Civil War all the way up to the 80s, which is now ancient history, right, which was the HIV-AIDS epidemic. And one of the things that I noted in looking at these top 10 events is that while they're viewed as the deadliest events in US history, and certainly they don't include all the global things that have occurred in between, they are fewer and farther between. So I'm going to just list them for you very quickly without getting into years and the amount or those that died. But we look at the American Civil War in the 1800s, Galveston Hurricane, San Francisco Earthquake. World War I, the Spanish flu, the Korean War, Pearl Harbor, World War II, the Vietnam War, and then again, the HIV AIDS epidemic in the 80s, which actually killed an estimated 700 plus thousand. What struck me when I looked at these events was again, they're fewer and farther between. And I remember there was a time not that many years ago, where we used to talk about a traumatic event as kind of you know, defining a generation. So like in my generation, I think the main thing that we often would point to is the assassination of President John F. Kennedy and that we, you know, I was very young when that happened, but I remember it being so traumatic and that we lost a level of innocence, not that we hadn't had other assassinations, but it was more the way it was done. And it just sent a real rippling effect through the nation in terms of the mourning and the grieving, no matter what side of the spectrum you were on or what political side you were on. So again, now what we see is these events are, you know, we don't have a war, we are in war continuously. And we have mass shootings, and we have genocide, and we have global events that occur, you know, in terms of natural disasters, we can't even keep up with the amount of floods and fires and hurricanes and and whatnot. So, all of this to say that these events then keep us in a continuous state of collective trauma. Now, why I'm so passionate about this and why I want you to fully understand this and why collective trauma matters is because it's affecting our children, are adolescents. And we're seeing an increase in eating disorders. We're seeing an increase in suicides. Again, we're seeing an increase in anxiety attacks and the need for therapy and medications and all of these things. So you may have heard the phrase adverse childhood experiences or what are often referred to as ACEs. And there's a lot of research out there. And I'm going to just share a little bit of data with you because I I want you to start to notice in your businesses, particularly if you have millennials in your environment or even in your families, your children, your grandchildren, you know whoever is out in your world that might be in the younger age groups, to start to pay attention to what you're noticing because here are a few statistics from the Journal of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics, in that these adverse childhood experiences occur between ages zero to seventeen. One in 20 or 26 million children between six and 17 years of age suffer from anxiety or depression, to put a number to what I just stated earlier. One in five are sexually molested in the United States, and that is usually from someone they know or by someone they know. And three million children annually report in the U.S. as victims of child abuse and neglect. So what you can see is, again, the rippling effect of trauma at an individual level. And then it affects us as a society, because if we have children who are no longer safe, it affects their development, their brain, it affects their nervous system. And it's going to, again, increase crime and mental health issues in our society. So eventually we all lose if we're not paying attention to how we as adults are managing the collective trauma, the things we're saying around our children, the division that we're now experiencing, all of these things add to the trauma of our children because they are not at a developmental level, even if they are 17, even if they're 21, where they can process all of this coming at them 24-7. So you've heard me talk about trauma with a capital T in a lowercase. T. Obviously the bigger events that I've alluded to would be capital T that affect more people all at once and certainly the news coming at us all the time. But I want to share with you some of the the ones that might be more obvious that we've sort of learned to live with and we expect our children to adapt to just because we've adapted to them. Now some of these will be a little bit repetitive of what I stated a moment ago. But certainly domestic or family violence, and that just could even mean for a three-year-old, if their parents are not getting along, if that child's parents are not getting along and there's a lot of fighting and yelling and screaming in the home, that can be traumatic for that child and affect their development and how their brain actually works in the future of their life. Certainly community violence, which includes things like shooting, murder, bullying, sexual or physical abuse, which I mentioned earlier, natural disasters, even something as a serious car accident. And I noticed that myself some years ago where I was rear ended and I was quite surprised to notice it wasn't even a serious car accident, but I found myself on the interstate being far more anxious and a little nervous, for instance, when cars came up behind me rather quickly, because you've heard me say the body remembers everything. So if there's been a jolt or some kind of experience like that, the body can remember that and then bring up some level of traumatic memory. Certainly national disasters and terrorism, sudden or violent loss of a loved one if a child has lost a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle through trauma, you know, the best thing to do is to have the discussion. If you need to take them to a developmental psychologist or someone who can talk with them through play therapy, because they need to be able to have enough information at an age appropriate way that allows them to make sense or meeting of what has happened. That's how they will mature rather than stifle or stuff what has happened that then then later could cause them issues. So these are important things for you to understand because you may have employees in your business who are themselves dealing with trauma and the effects of collective trauma and not even realize it and therefore their performance will be affected. But you also might have people in your business whose children are being affected and it therefore is affecting them obviously as they have worry and concern over what is going on at home. The basic thing I want you to understand is that collective trauma changes our society. And the reason it does is because it results in a fundamental reorganization of the way the mind and brain manage perceptions. And it changes how we think, it changes what we think about, what we focus on, and our very capacity to think. And this comes directly from the renowned work that I've been telling everybody to read, and I hope you will as well. You've probably heard me talk about it before. The Body Keeps Score is the book, and it's by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. He is a renowned psychiatrist, and the work actually is brilliant in that it goes through his journey as a psychiatrist, but in doing so, he really, really gives us the history of psychiatry in a very interesting way and how it's evolved to a place where we just write a prescription now and then think about, you know, the magnitude of that, that we have so many people running around on medications that, and again, I always say there is a time and place for medications, but if you're taking them indiscriminately or they're being prescribed to you as a cocktail and let's try this one and the other one. And it's kind of a guessing game. You may want to back up a little bit and see if there's an alternative way for you to stabilize where you are. Okay. And then moving on, I want you to think about this as I always do from a systems perspective. And when I talk about a systems perspective, if you remember, I'm always talking about how looking at the patterns in the system, whether it be your business or your family, you know, what is happening? What are the patterns? What are the behaviors? Where are we having the same conversations, the same problems over and over again? It will give you a different way of approaching and solving the problem. So, we define a system as a group of interacting or interrelated elements that act according to a set of rules to form a unified whole. That's what a system is. And a system is influenced by its environment, its boundaries, its structure, its purpose. And you've got to really realize that this state of collective trauma that we're in is not going to end anytime soon, even if if we waved a magic wand and COVID was over tomorrow. I was speaking with the business strategist earlier this morning, and we both agree the world has changed. You've heard me say that before. and There are many good things coming out of all of this, but if you're waiting for it to end so you can get back to business as usual, you're going to experience a lot more stress and anxiety than if you just accept that This is time to again pivot, adapt, and respond to the many things that are happening in our world so that you can then come up with the innovative solutions. So, one of the things that I want to recommend that you think about whether it's in your family, your family business, or you're looking at the two structures separately again, you're going to look at the patterns in each system. I want you to pay attention to who's being excluded, even if they're self-excluding. And then you're looking for ways to make sure that they're included in appropriate ways that will serve the system, whether it be family or business. Who is out of order and creating chaos? Who is acting as though or behaving in ways that are isolating them or others? And then... Are there places where you, as a leader, are adding to the surrounding trauma? Maybe you're too worried, too paralyzed. You're not taking action. You're not moving the business forward. You don't have a clear vision. You know, what is it that you might be doing in the family or otherwise that is adding to the collective trauma? And what can you do differently to mitigate that? And one of the things that I always like to talk about is, you know, looking for opportunities for celebration in your businesses and your families and where can you create healthy memories that will help mitigate some of the stress that people are feeling? I also want to remind you, and I'm not going to go into this too deeply, I really need to do a whole series on this where you can see this in real time, but you've heard me always refer to the stages of human development and the fact that there are 12 stages. Without going into what each stage means, I want to just call your attention to the first four stages are really where our children and adolescents live and that's from baby again 0 to 17 so they are not where you are you are hopefully as a mature adult or at, at later stages and we can handle a lot more we're a lot more resilient and so we need to communicate with them bearing in mind that their meaning making systems are much more concrete and they need concrete information and i'm hearing from way too many millennials and even some gen xers you know there's a sense of hopelessness an uncertainty about the future which is part of what's causing the anxiety so you know when i bring up all that ancient history of, of world events part of that and i i shudder to think that i remember my grandmother telling me when i was a child this will pass. This too will pass. And she would allude to many of the things that she had been through as a young woman, as a, as a wife and a mother. And it did give me hope because I knew you know, my grandmother had gone through something and had survived. Therefore, I could as well. So we want to think about things perhaps in those contexts rather. So just to kind of sum this up, what are some practical things that we can do going back to the conversation on adverse childhood experiences? if you're noticing employees upset about where their kids are, which we are hearing that a lot due to the, you know, we're in school, we're not in school, you know, we're quarantining. Now we've got masks. Now we don't, you know, all of that. Some of the things that we can do is to change how we think about and respond as a society to adverse childhood experiences. These traumatic events that I've enumerated are not something happening out there in some third world country that don't affect us. They're happening in our homes and our neighborhoods and our local communities. We need to have awareness of what they look like, what are the signs, and then what can we do as a society, as a community to ward off these traumatic experiences for our children. And one of them, the things that we can do is to shift the focus from individual responsibility to community solutions and stop blaming and holding stigma around any parents who need help with their children, who are experiencing parenting challenges, or maybe even in depression themselves, or the whole idea of really labeling someone who has suicidal thoughts rather than compassionately dealing with it or even substance misuse. We need to be able to hold space for compassion in these areas because these are not the real problems. The real problems lie below all of these surface issues, and the real problems usually stem from some form of traumatic experience that has occurred in the individual or the family. And we must be willing to have the hard conversations. And that's why I'm bringing this out to you today as part of our conscious community, because it does affect our business and it does affect our families. And that means that we have to be willing to fund and promote safe, stable, nurturing relationships and environments where children are free and, again, safe to live, learn and play. So I I leave you with this final thought around collective trauma. I didn't get into the chemistry. We would be here all day if I did. The brain chemistry and all that happens within the body and the emotional and psychological aspects within people. But what we need to know, and you've heard me say this before, and I cannot stress it enough, that we are in the midst of one of the most, if not the most, important evolutionary periods in human history. And we have a chance to do it differently. Someone asked me the other day if I thought we were going to get through this divisive period in the history of the United States. And my answer was an unequivocal no. And the reason I said that is that we cannot solve complex problems with complicated Divided solutions. It's impossible to do that. So, I do not believe we will get through this in an easy way, but evolution is never easy. I do believe that if we put our efforts into the future generations, they will be the ones to solve these very complex issues because these younger generations are naturally trained and inclined to look at things from a systemic point of view. So, right now, at this particular time in history, I believe that everything we think, do, and say matters. I believe that how we adapt and respond to the challenges of our time will determine the future survival or demise of our society. And I leave you with that closing. I also remind you, as I always do, that every challenge, no matter how big or small, whatever you're experiencing right now in your family, in your business, Each is intended to bring you to another level of understanding, to bring you to your highest potential if you will embrace the opportunity. So I want to thank you so much for listening. And again, as I always say, if you found the content valuable, here are four ways that I can help you strengthen relationships that support your business growth and sustainability. And one, of course, is ordering a copy of my book, The Pursuit of Time and Money, because it's going to help you really understand how you experience time and money and where you may be getting stuck. I also want to invite you to apply to the private Facebook group, the Alchemy of Humans that I've started. We are just getting that off the ground, and we've got some real opportunities for you to dive into some personal transformation and how to live your biggest, fullest life, even in the midst of collective trauma. Or you can always schedule a free discovery call with me at go.oneshub.com forward slash meet with Sharon Spano. And then, of course, I want to remind you, as I always do, to leave a five-star review on iTunes if you've enjoyed the show, because this allows us to access more listeners, more guests, and to bring those lessons back to you here on the show. Until next time, this is Dr. Sharon Spano reminding you to live your best life. Stay healthy and well. Thank you for
0: listening to this episode of The Other Side of Potential Podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform so we can continue helping family businesses thrive. For more information on how Dr. Spano can help you in your own family business, visit SharonSpano.com to schedule a complimentary consultation.